0: This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hey, welcome to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Nick Ashburn. And
1: I'm Sandy Hunt.
0: And this is the show about the intersection of business and social impact. Business affects the issues you care about, food, pay, health care, education, and so much more. And the impact of business on these issues could be good, bad, or ugly. That's what we explore here.
1: We talk to big corporations, to startup entrepreneurs, researchers, investors, and pretty much everyone in between. And we try to keep it conversational so that you know a bit more and perhaps can do a bit more after listening.
0: Jason Wadsworth is the Category Merchant for Packaging and Sustainability at Wegmans Food Markets. As of September 2018, Wegmans had 98 stores in the Mid-Atlantic and New England regions. Last year, the company was ranked number two on the list of best companies to work for and has an exemplary commitment to sustainable practices. Hey, Jason, welcome to Dollars and Change. How are you? We're great. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are delighted to have you. And you know why? Because I love Wegmans. We're big fans of Wegmans. Big fans.
1: I spent probably more than 200 bucks there just on Sunday. And we realized one of our other team members, our communications manager, was there at the same time as you. But we crossed in the night. Well, it's a big store. (laughs) So thanks for joining
0: us, Jason. (laughs) So, Jason, uh, let's start from the very beginning. What is your background? I think you've been there for quite a while.
2: I have. I will be celebrating my 30th, that is three zero.
1: 3-0. Wow. Uh,
2: yes, years here in July. And uh, I basically grew up in Wegmans. I'm a third-generation Wegmans employee.
1: Wow.
2: So proud to work for this company, yeah.
1: Holy cow. So 30 years, first of all, impressive number anywhere in this day and age and economy. And I'm curious, 30 years, sort of, you're going to catch this huge arc of social impact from, you know, I imagine very little concern or maybe people being concerned about the quality of their food. And then you had reduce, reuse, recycle, and now a much more sophisticated, you know, organic and local, uh, you know, food ecosystem. Talk us through what that what that has looked like from your perspective.
2: Sure. Well, and I grew up in Wegmans in an agriculture role uh, that has been, you know, growing up on a family farm that was also a supplier to Wegmans as a Wegmans employee, that's kind of unique. And so um, agriculture issues, I, I think, have stemmed um, the gamut and continue to drive our company forward, where we really started as a, a produce cart in Rochester, New York in 1916. So we've always been kind of an agriculture company. And those issues about taking care of the land and taking care of our communities have been um, paramount to our success. And so there's always been the concern, um, as well as from the customer, just the issues have changed over the, over those years. So, certainly has been an interesting journey to see how those issues have kind of morphed.
1: Can you give us a little bit of a summary? Like, what were the issues in the 80s, the 90s, and then in the, you know, aughts and now?
2: Yeah, so it, in the early 80s, mid 80s, there, um, that was the time around when, you know, the, the barge was kind of. Uh, Going up the the river there in New York City, the the trash barge, and um, everybody—you know—there was a lot of concern around landfills and material um, going to landfill. And that's really when the first of our recycling programs in the stores started, around recycling cardboard and bottles and cans and glass and those sorts of things. It's also the time when we started donating food as a company and recycling plastic bags and those sorts of things. So. Um, Those concerns started then but look very different now, and especially with recent news around um, single-use plastics. That is getting to be even more of an issue moving forward. So it's definitely been interesting to see um, that the customer concern has always been there. It just looks a little different now.
0: So, Jason, one of the questions I I have for you is is really around your cult following. I I remember moving to D.C. um, in the early 2000s. Nope early 2000, 2008, 2009, actually. And um, it I was just thinking, like, I'd never heard of Wegmans. I'm from Kansas. So I'd never heard of Wegmans, first of all. But like the people that knew Wegmans were really into Wegmans, it, which I am now.
1: It's very funny you say that because my first memory of Wegmans is a, a sorority sister from college who was from upstate New York. And she was like, you, when you come home with me or come visit, you have to go to Wegmans. Like it was a Uh, an amusement
0: park (laughs) it's like you do this mission to Wegmans like this pilgrimage to Wegmans and I I remember like my birthday cake came from there and it was just like this whole thing and so what is it about Wegmans I mean it is a grocery store I don't want to discount that I love Wegmans but you know it's a grocery store
1: why do people love it yeah why is it the second best place to work for you know it's been top 10 for years and years
2: Actually, we've been uh, rated on the best places to work for 22 years 22, now, and it's been yeah. such a privilege to be on that list. Um, you know, maybe I'm biased because I've been here so long and I've grown up in the company. But um, you know, so my dad, and my mom—this is a story to, to illustrate this a little bit. They they retired, they moved to Florida, and they don't have Wegmans down there. So, until if you grew up with Wegmans and then you suddenly don't have it, then you're you're here you're in this position of. Uh, oh, my gosh, I miss Weichmann so much. So um, I think it stems from doing the right thing. Um, we're trying to help folks just have a, a great experience with whether it's making, helping them make uh, a meal at home uh, or something they can grab and go. Um, we're all about help, health and value and, and trying to help the customer where they're at today. Um, definitely doing the right thing and making a difference in the community. Those are the kind of the the levers that I helped to pull for the company around sustainability and making sure that we're having a lower impact on the environment while being able to offer all of these great services for folks. You know, to describe the cult following, I think it definitely is just, we care. Um, People are like family to us. Our customers are like family when they come in the store. And we treat them like that, and we treat them with respect, and they know that they're going to get a great experience, a great product, and um, we care about them, and that's how we treat our employees, and our employees take care of our customers. So, um, to me, it's no surprise.
0: I think that's a really interesting point because my my grandfather actually was a butcher, um, in a grocery store. So growing up, like the grocery store was a big place that you know meant a lot in my family. And, you know, back in the day, I mean, Sandy and I are admittedly millennial. Mm -hmm. um, But, you know, I think even as er, you know, in the early 90s, like the grocery store still meant something. And now it it feels a little more big box in a lot of ways or like there's so many delivery services. and, And and so that experience that going to the grocery store, like for our listeners who don't know Wegmans, like it's a big place. I don't know if they're all the same size necessarily, but the ones that I've been are quite large. They're not they're not small. And you know, the the variety is really there. I mean, you walk in, there's fresh produce, there's this whole prepared food sections, there's great meat and vegetables. Obviously, I'm an evangelist. But like, <laughs> it's it's just like, it is a really lovely place, even as big as it is, which may feel like other retailers. It The customer service I do find quite stellar. So, you know, that always is important to me. And I feel like that's missing from the grocery store experience today. Is that something that Wegmans really focuses on still?
2: It all comes down to our people. If, if our people are passionate about um, servicing the customer, uh, that experience that the customer has is going to be that much better. So, you know, the reason we're on the top places to work is because we do have that um, care and respect for our people um, that they're bringing their best every day to our customer. And, and, h- so and how does that, that
0: manifest business. itself? You know, like you've been there for 30 years. Like, what are some of the things that you think Wegmans does for its employees that, you know, other businesses could really take note of and, and maybe implement?
2: Well, I think it starts with leadership and right down from the, the family's commitment to its leaders and our leadership being able to um, take care of our, our people. Um, we provide a lot of opportunity for folks to grow within this company, and uh, makes you want to do even more for such a special place like this.
0: So like professional development opportunities, advancement opportunities, that's something that leadership really does value. 100%,
1: yes. Very cool. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, these opportunities to work in, whether we call it sustainability, corporate social responsibility, but, you know, in that impact area, impact line of business at big corporations, is often a thought after job, you know, by our students. It's a very interesting intersection of you know, sure. big business and impact. But I don't imagine it's an easy job because two things come to mind as big challenges. One, there have to be some financial trade-offs that are made at different points in order to sort of maximize impact.
0: Or at least difficult decisions.
1: Exactly, yeah, trade-offs of some of some nature. And then two is, you know, when you are a food company who employs a lot of people, the opportunities to make an impact are are vast and how do you decide where you're going to invest your time is it in being good a good employer getting healthy food to people getting healthy food to people affordably um you know what's the mission reducing food waste yep great example right uh decreasing packaging so you know there's all these ways you could invest in making an impact do you do them all do you focus on one can you tell us a little bit about how that has looked historically at Wegmans
2: sure thing it's uh you know, for, for my role in packaging and sustainability, we, we define that pretty narrowly of environmental sustainability. So focusing and having a laser focus on something is how you make progress and move the needle. So back in 2007, when we really started this journey and calling it sustainability, um, we had to set priorities around three things. Reducing our emissions, so those are the things that contribute to our carbon footprint. Uh, The second was reducing waste to landfill, all of those things around recycling and reducing our packaging impact, and then providing sustainable choices for customers. So really focusing on those three areas is the way that you can move the needle quickly. And then within those areas, you have to look at how are you going to make the biggest impact Sometimes you can focus on some of the smaller things that don't really have as much impact, and you really have to focus on the things that are going to move us forward more quickly. Um, It's all important, but you have to prioritize. And I heard you mention food waste. Food waste absolutely is the number one impact that we're having Um, right now. We're a food company, and how we manage food is so important. Um, Food waste is a growing concern today, arguably larger than the packaging concern even though packaging is getting more of um, more of a spotlight right now food waste from an environmental perspective is definitely the largest concern and where we've been able to make the most impact uh, with our sustainability programs right now.
0: You're listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, and we're talking with Jason Wadsworth, the Category Merchant for Packaging and Sustainability at Wegmans Food Markets.
1: Jason, talk to us a little bit about some of those uh, food waste uh, programs or systems that have been implemented, because... As a Wegmans customer, you know, I think the experience is, is typically, you know, very high quality. I don't feel like I'm being sold ugly vegetables or, or bruised fruit, you know. So how do you balance the freshness and quality and aesthetic that is, you know, uh, you know, you know so tightly coupled with the Wegmans brand with, you know, managing food waste?
2: Sure. So the, uh, I think it's important to just set the stage really quickly. Why is food waste an issue? And most people think, well, you know, food's cheap, it biodegrades, no issue, right? Well, the issue is that when food waste is sent to a landfill and in the landfill conditions, most people think that eh, it goes to the landfill, it's going to go away eventually, um, you know, to that place called away. And what happens in a landfill with food waste is it is degrading under conditions that don't have oxygen. And what that does is creates carbon dioxide, greenhouse gas.
1: oh snap
2: yes when it breaks down in a landfill it's creating methane which is a very potent greenhouse gas 20 times more potent than carbon dioxide so just that's the reason why we think food waste is such an important issue yeah and then also think about before it even got to the landfill there was energy and water and fertilizer and shipping and packaging that all went into getting that product to shelf. And there's a statistic out there that 40% of food is wasted in America before it even gets consumed. So think about all those inputs. And then if it's going to landfill, it's creating methane. All of that is such a tremendous waste.
1: Absolutely. Do you have any idea, Jason, where the waste happens? Like, you know, my assumption, and I'm, I'm realizing I may be wrong here, is that most of it had happened sort of post-food production and pre-consumer consumption, but I recognize that consumers waste a good amount of food. So, you know, how does that break down? Is food wasted between farms and stores, not sold at stores, or are people throwing it out at home? How does that break down?
2: Yeah, it, it is wasted predominantly in the agriculture and the supply chain area and in the home. Um, actually, restaurants and retailers do a pretty good job of managing that Despite the fact that it's still um, an issue that we need to, to work on better, hmm. but you know, so back to priorities and laser focus. Let's work on what we can control, um, and help teach others and how they can reduce food waste
0: as well. And Jason, um, on that, on that, like what we can control piece. Actually, at Warden Social Impact, and I think in the environmental literature, we actually talk about scopes of control what a corporation may be able to manage you know themselves let's say internal to the business then sort of in the supply chain and then into the broader supplier so you could sort of think of three rings or more i can't remember how many scopes there might be but um you know for for you all you know you talk about the supply chain a little bit in your example and you talk about emissions and then the food waste and you can think about methane and you know where do you, you know, do you influence your supply chain in that regard? Is that sort of your, you, you know, is that still something you can control or where does that pop up for you?
2: Yeah, it, it very much has to happen within the four walls of the store first. We we call it that get it right phase. Um, we We always try to speak from a position of knowledge and with our suppliers that we wouldn't ask our supplier to do anything that we hadn't tried first and sort of figured out. It really is the model that uh, that we use here, and so we started to look at back in 2011 putting food waste recycling programs in our store, and you've all heard the the model of reduce, reuse, recycle, yes. and environmentalists. As Nick you, said, we are
1: we are millennials, so that was the the uh, elementary school bread and butter for us. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and you're always told to start at reduce because that makes the most difference, and totally agree it does. Sometimes you have to start at the end and you have to work your way back up the hierarchy. And so what we've done is put in these food waste recycling programs in the store where we're capturing the food scraps. These are things that would not be something that uh, someone would eat. We do a lot of food production, we have a lot of scraps, stalks, peelings, those sorts of things. Right, you can buy and, um,
1: pre-cut, you know, zucchini slices at Wegmans yep, and that absolutely. The,
2: the, you know,
1: end of that zucchini is somewhere.
2: It does. And so we're capturing all that scrap, and we're getting it to composters and to farm uh, dairy farm digesters making renewable energy. And those are all great programs. We had to start somewhere. What that is is a teaching tool that folks can use to see where the waste is coming from and then work back upstream to reduce it. And I would say that that is a model that you can also take up the supply chain is you really have to identify and see the waste before you can do something about it. And that's a very powerful teaching tool that we use.
0: And so if you think about the different folks that you work with, not just at Wegmans, but through your supply chain, or, you know, you talked about composting in your experience, like 30 years, you've been in this role for a little while too. Like, have you seen sort of new companies pop up that are also helping Wegmans and in helping you in your role attack some of these issues?
2: Innovation is key in this area specifically, and before 2011 and 12, um, there was no food waste hauling industry, and we have really helped to create that in our market areas.
0: As recently and as 2011, now.
2: 2012? Absolutely. Wow. Um, you know, you could go to the waste haulers and you could ask them, hey, how about hauling these food scraps in this tote? Ah, that's really inefficient. We don't do that. So we had to create it. And we've fostered some relationships, and we've built that industry now in the six states that we're in in Massachusetts where we operate um they passed a landfill ban on food waste so we can't throw away food waste but we were ahead of that curve we had those programs in place before the regulation came along
1: yeah and it's a, that's an interesting benefit. business case because you already had a system in place a lot of restaurants and grocery stores when that you know landfill food ba- food scrap ban came along we're probably paying a pretty penny to get it hauled away or sort of scrambling to make sense of it in their, you know, in their core business operations. But you guys were prepared. Uh, one of the things we like to do, Jason, is make sure that our, our listeners can, you know, take something actionable away from the show. And you talked about how Wegmans, you know, is is composting and managing their food waste. But And, and that's a, a training tool you talked about. You know, you're using it as an opportunity to teach for our listeners who are thinking, holy cow, you know, I did – clean out the fridge and throw away some food. What's the <laughs> advice? You know, can you can you describe in a couple minutes how folks can start their own compost pile? Is it more complex than uh, some might imagine? Or is this something some of our listeners can uh, get after in their backyards tonight?
2: Well, you know, it, there's an easy way to compost uh, at home for sure, as long as your neighbors don't mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you take four pallets and you zip tie them together and you put some leaves in there and then you start re- recycling and kitchen scraps. It's that easy. Um, okay, so you
1: get four pallets, like the wooden, yeah. you know, raw wooden, see them outside in store trash sure. areas. You zip tie them together vertically? Yes. Stack them, zip tie them. You yeah. put leaves in the middle?
2: Yes, you do. And, and then you just put... like a lasagna. Just
1: like a lasagna. Oh. Nice. And then you start putting food on the top in the slots? How do you yeah, do it?
2: put a layer of leaves at the bottom, you put a layer of food scraps, then you put a layer of leaves, just like a food waste lasagna, and then you you don't really have to turn it all that often. And um, it works great. But the way,
1: Does it smell really bad? Is that why you work? said the neighbors have to be okay with it?
2: Yeah, you do have to talk to your neighbors first, I think. <laughs> um, but before that, let's talk about prevention a little bit. So obviously doing that is a great way, like I just mentioned, to see it, touch it. Smell it, whatever you
1: want to do but I don't know that the smelling is the selling point here.
2: <laughs> you have to identify that you're wasting food first and foremost. So then you can work on ways to reduce that. So the reason that um, we find that there, the food waste is coming from the home predominantly is because you're buying maybe um, you have all the great intentions to make food and have have dinner at home, but you buy all the ingredients and you make the meal, but then you have some ingredients left over and that's sitting in the fridge, right?
1: Or you don't make the meal, (laughs) you know,
2: or you don't make the meal at all. You go out, right. You've you've invested in it and then you, you don't follow through. That's just one example. Mm -hmm. And I think the value that Wegmans would bring here is, you know, let us make the meal for you or let us teach you how to use, um, rest, you know, ingredients properly and those sorts of things. So, our very nature is helping to reduce food waste before it even happens. So folks have commented on, well, you're doing a lot of that um, cutting of fruit and vegetables in store, and doesn't that use a lot of packaging? Well, it, it's not really a packaging issue. It's about we're, we're preparing this food in a way and in a portion size that is going to be easily consumed and not waste. And that is more important than the package it took to get there.
1: And it makes me feel a little bit better as a customer because certainly there is a a little bit of a premium cost to buying the, you know, peeled, cleaned sliced zucchini versus the, you know, full raw zucchini. But to know, you know, I probably would have put that maybe in the garbage disposal, maybe in the trash you know, it makes me feel better about the fact that right. the waste is getting properly managed. And
0: Jason, one of the things I wanted to tie back. So thinking about, you know, that was great advice for our listeners, like that's something they can do at home. But maybe if our listeners also run a business and you talked about leadership, you know, and how that is so important at Wegmans, you know, something I think you alluded to was getting out in front of the curve like you the the solution didn't exist. And so you guys had to have made you know, important, tough decisions to make some investments, maybe a little bit longer-term thinking, some foresight there. What would you advise our listeners, you know, not to be afraid of, you know, when they're thinking more long-term and maybe biting the bullet to make an investment that, like, in the short term is like, ooh, can we do that, Mm -hmm. but will pay off in the long run?
2: That is very important. And with our sustainability programs, we do look at the impact to the environment, people, and our company and our business. And if we're making... Business practices that are sustainable, those will continue on in the future. Um, No one likes to make unsustainable business practices. So if you're looking at all those things in tandem and looking for the sweet spot, then that is where you will find those business practices that are truly sustainable. Recycling cardboard for supermarkets, uh, that pays us back some dividends. And if you can take and reinvest some of those into areas where you need to improve, Uh, such as food waste or sustainable packaging. I know you talked about, you know, the trade-offs and the balance. Um, Sometimes we can take some wins in one area and reinvest that into another area. So we're always looking at those business practices have to be Sustainable, and we shouldn't be paying more for sustainability
0: because that's not really sustainable. And so, do you, in your role um, in sustainability, feel like you do get to cut across a lot of the different functions of the business versus sort of being siloed over in your cute niche environmental sustainability arm?
2: That is a great point. And um, for anybody listening that's t- thinking about sustainability, um, it's very important to have someone own it. And uh, our leadership here at Wegmans have the foresight to have put somebody in that position that is what they focus on and um, has a, a, a big swath of cross-functionality that they can work across the company on this issue if you just tack it on to somebody already existing job then you're gonna lose sort of the uh, the ability to drive that change into the company I
0: think, I think that's that, very important yeah I think that's really important for our listeners too and it Sandy, I don't know about you, it reminds me we do a lot of things with the Wharton Social Impact Initiative and it's like, oh yeah, like when someone doesn't own you know, we we talk about who does what when yep, yep. and when, when someone... everyone
1: does something, no one does anything. Exactly. Yep. So
0: I mean, why wouldn't that apply to this to this area too?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely it is it's a yes and, right? Someone needs to own it, but it sounds like Jason's got incredible ability to cut across you know, and, and to work with the, you know, food prep for the, you know, ready-made foods and pull them into it. So it's having someone own it, but then also ensuring that it is a clearly articulated priority so that that person can work across the business.
0: And Jason, I think in our final minute here, what are you most excited about the future of sustainability at Wegmans, you know, continuing to be on that best places to work list for the 20-something year? You know, what's, what's next for Wegmans? What are you most excited about?
2: The thing that most excites me is that our employees are so passionate about this topic and we hear from them on a number of different issues. They're very, um, very vocal on the issue and they, they love working for a company that has the values that we do and is doing the right thing around sustainability. I think that is definitely a differentiator out there and we're so proud that Our our leadership has the the, um, foresight to put somebody in this role that can focus on it because definitely our employees um, are asking about it and are more interested in sustainability. Packaging is a very hot topic right now. Um, I'm new to the packaging role at Wegmans, so sustainability I've been doing for 12 years and I've just taken over the, the packaging side. We're looking at ways to reduce our packaging footprint in a sustainable way, um, just moving from plastic to paper isn't always, from a science-based perspective, the most sustainable. So, definitely taking that balance of what can our customers and employees see as a visible change versus uh, letting the science guide us along in that in that path. So, sustainable packaging is going to be a pretty exciting field here in the next few years.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, we've enjoyed talking to you. We've been speaking with Jason Wadsworth, the category merchant for packaging and sustainability at Wegman's Food Markets. So this is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM One Thirty Two. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.